triple gold star for getting here, not just on time, but on the day that we set the clocks ahead. That's like a miracle. In a family of five, that's amazing. Congratulations. I'm chalice, but we do two chalices. I think we'll call it the second chalice. I can sneak and get one. Or actually, better yet, I'll have you do the better yet, I'll have you do the patent. Yeah, I'm happy. Patty do the chalice, so I'm not going into everyone's face. That's a better plan. Good morning. Welcome on this beautiful spring day. This morning, um, people have asked, do we need to mask? And the answer is no. I am masked this morning because my wife has been diagnosed with COVID. I tested negative this morning, but I'm wearing a mask out of an abundance of caution for all of your safety. And you'll see I will be pulling back quite a bit to um, help everyone stay safe and healthy. Um, at this time, I invite everyone to please stand for the procession. Bless the Lord who endureth or forgiveth all our sins. His mercy endureth forever. God spake these words and said, I am the Lord thy God who brought thee out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage, thou shalt have none other gods but me. Lord, have mercy upon us and incline our hearts to keep this law. 
Thou shalt not make to thyself any graven image, nor the likeness of anything that is in heaven above, or in the earth beneath, or in the water under the earth. Thou shalt not bow down to them, nor worship them. Lord, have mercy upon us, and incline our hearts to keep this law. Thou shalt not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain. Lord, have mercy upon us, and incline our hearts to keep this law. Remember that thou keep holy the Sabbath day. Lord, have mercy upon us, and incline our hearts to keep this law. Honor thy father and thy mother. Lord, have mercy upon us, and incline our hearts to keep this law. Thou shalt do no murder. Lord, have mercy upon us, and incline our hearts to keep this law. Thou shalt not commit adultery. Lord, have mercy upon us, and incline our hearts to keep this law. Thou shalt not steal. Lord, have mercy upon us, and incline our hearts to keep this law. Thou shalt not bear false witness against thy neighbor. Thou shalt not covet. Lord, have mercy upon us. These lie laws in our hearts, we beseech thee. Hear what our Lord Jesus Christ saith. Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, and with all thy soul, and with all thy mind. This is the first and great commandment, and the second is like unto it. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. Let us humbly confess our sins unto Almighty God. Almighty and most merciful Father, we have erred and strayed from thy ways like lost sheep. We have followed too much the devices and desires of our own hearts. We have offended against thy holy laws. We have left on those things which we ought to have done, and we have done those things which we ought not to have done. But thou, O Lord, have mercy upon us. Spare thou those who confess their faults. Restore thou those who are penitent, according to thy promises declared unto mankind. In Christ Jesus our Lord, and grant, O most merciful Father, for his sake, that we may hereafter live a godly, righteous, and sober life to the glory of thy holy name. Amen. The Almighty and merciful Lord grant you absolution and remission of all your sins, true repentance, amendment of life, and the grace and consolation of his Holy Spirit. Amen. The Lord be with you. Let us pray. Almighty God, who seest that we have no power of ourselves to help ourselves, keep us both outwardly in our bodies and inwardly in our souls, that we may be defended from all adversities which may happen to the body and from all evil thoughts which may assault and hurt the soul. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who liveth and reigneth with thee and the Holy Spirit, one God forever and ever. 
Amen. Please be seated for the readings. A reading from the book of Exodus. From the wilderness of sin, the whole congregation of the Israelites journeyed by stages as the Lord commanded. They camped at Rephidim, but there was no water for the people to drink. The people quarreled with Moses and said, give us water to drink. Moses said to them, why do you quarrel with me? Why do you test the Lord? But the people thirsted there for water, and the people complained against Moses and said, Why did you bring us out of Egypt to kill us and our children and livestock with thirst? So Moses cried out to the Lord, What shall I do with this people? They are almost ready to stone me. The Lord said to Moses, Go ahead of the people and take some of the elders of Israel with you. Take in your hand the staff with which you struck the Nile and go, and I will be standing there in front of you on the rock at Horeb. Strike the rock and water will come out of it so that the people may drink. Moses did so in the sight of the elders of Israel. He called the place Massa and Meribah because the Israelites quarreled and tested the Lord, saying, Is the Lord among us or not? The word of the Lord.
A reading from the letter of Paul to the Romans. Since we are justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have obtained access to this grace in which we stand. And we boast in our hope of sharing the glory of God. And not only that, but we also boast of our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope, and hope does not disappoint us because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit that has been given to us. For while we were still weak, at the right time, Christ died for the ungodly. Indeed, rarely will anyone die for a righteous person, though perhaps for a good person, someone might actually dare to die. But God proves his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Much more surely then, now that we have been justified by his blood, will we be saved through him from the wrath of God. For if, while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God through the death of his Son, much more surely, having been reconciled, will we be saved by his life. But more than that, we even boast in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received reconciliation. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Our gospel or sequence hymn this morning is hymn 685. We will sing the first two verses prior to the reading of the gospel, the third after. So I invite everyone to please stand and join in singing hymn 685. Christ according to John. Glory be to thee, O Christ. Jesus came to a Samaritan city called Sychar, 
near the plot of ground that Jacob had given to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there. And Jesus, tired out by his journey, was sitting by the well. It was about noon. A Samaritan woman came to draw water, and Jesus said to her, Give me a drink. His disciples had gone to the city to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, How is it that you, a Jew, ask a drink of me, a woman of Samaria? Jews do not share things in common with Samaritans. Jesus answered her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is that is saying to you, Give me a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. The woman said to him, Sir, you have no bucket, and the well is deep. Where do you get that living water? Are you greater than our ancestor Jacob, who gave us the well, and with his sons and his flocks drank from it? Jesus said to her, Everyone who drinks of this water will be thirsty again, but those who drink of the water that I will give them will never be thirsty. The water that I will give will become in them a spring of water gushing up to eternal life. The woman said to him, Sir, give me this water. Jesus said to her, Go, call your husband and come back. The woman answered him, I have no husband. Jesus said to her, You are right in saying, I have no husband. For you have had five husbands, and the one you have now is not your husband. What you have said is true. The woman said to him, Sir, I see that you are a prophet. Our ancestors worshipped on this mountain, but you say that the place where people must worship is in Jerusalem. Jesus said to her, Woman, believe me, the hour is coming when you will worship the Father neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. You worship what you do not know. We worship what we know. For salvation is from the Jews. But the hour is coming and now here when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For the Father seeks such as these to worship him. God is spirit. And those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. The woman said to him, I know that Messiah is coming, who is called Christ. When he comes, he will proclaim all things to us. Jesus said to her, I am he, the one who is speaking to you. Just then his disciples came. They were astonished that he was speaking with a woman. But no one said, what do you want? Or why are you speaking with her? Then the woman left her water jar and went back to the city. She said to the people, come and see a man who told me everything I have ever done. He cannot be the Messiah, can he? They left the city and were on their way to him. Meanwhile, the disciples were urging him, Rabbi, eat something. But he said to them, I have plenty of food to eat that you do not know about. 
So the disciples said to one another, Surely no one has brought him something to eat. Jesus said to them, My food is to do the will of him who sent me and to complete his work. Do you not say four months more than comes the harvest? But I tell you, look around and see how the fields are ripe for harvesting. The reaper is already receiving wages and is gathering fruit for eternal life, so that sower and reaper may rejoice together. For here the saying holds true, one sows, another weeps. I sent you to reap that for which you did not labor. Others have labored, and you have entered into their labor. Many Samaritans from that city believed in him because of the woman's testimony. He told me everything I have ever done. So when the Samaritans came to him, they asked him to stay with them, and he stayed there two days, and many more believed because of his word. They said to the woman, it is no longer because of what you said that we believe, for we have heard for ourselves, and we know that this is truly the Savior of the world. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ. of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. I think the story about Jesus and his conversation with the Samaritan woman is one of the richest stories in all the Gospels. In fact, sometimes with people who want to talk with me about our faith, and the Christian life and the church, I begin by telling them this story and what it reveals. But this morning, instead of reflecting on this story point for point, let's focus on only one aspect. Let's focus on Jesus and women. Jesus and women. Let's reflect on what Jesus' words and example in this story and in a lot of other gospel stories reveal about Jesus and women. In this story, Jesus asks the woman for a drink of water and then goes on to discuss with her the kingdom of God and even tells her clearly who he is. Now maybe to us, this appears quite an understandable discussion, but actually 
in Jesus' time, it was shocking, shocking, and particularly shocking to the disciples when they returned from their jaunt to get supplies. They were shocked that Jesus was talking with the woman and talking with her about such serious things. And he was so natural about it. In those days, no rabbi and really no man would discuss anything really serious with a woman and certainly not in public. Also, Jesus was quite careful with Peter and Andrew and James and John and the rest about not being too open about who they believed him to be. And here he was completely open with this woman about who he is. And it was doubly shocking, doubly shocking, because the disciples recognized this woman's unsavory reputation. This story reveals that Jesus was indeed a revolutionary. His mission was to turn the whole world, all of society, upside down. And one of the more revolutionary things Jesus wanted to change was the way women are thought of. And this is all the more clear when we look at other gospel stories, like the story of a crowd of men bringing to Jesus a woman caught in adultery. Jesus forgave her and made the men who accused her look into their own hearts. Women were actually very much involved in Jesus's ministry. Mary Magdalene, now Mary Magdalene was not at all a repentant sinner. She was a person of means who supported Jesus and Jesus accepted and welcomed her support. Martha and Mary of Bethany were among Jesus's best friends. And then there were the women at the foot of the cross who showed a lot more courage than the men who had followed him. But to get a particularly clear insight into Jesus and women, let's look at the occasion when some Pharisees came to Jesus with a question as to whether it was lawful for a man to divorce his wife. This story is in the 10th chapter of the Gospel according to Mark. The Pharisees should have known better than to give Jesus an opening like that. And Jesus more than answers their question. Go back to the Bible and the story of creation, Jesus tells them. In that story, Adam was alone and God saw that it was not good for him to be alone. Adam needed someone to share life with him. Adam ruled over the creatures of the earth and he needed someone like him who could rule with him. So God created woman in his own image as he had created man in his image. Jesus points out to these Pharisees that Eve was made of the flesh of Adam's flesh, bone of his bone. 
She and Adam were two in one flesh, union of equals, union of equals. Jesus accuses these Pharisees that the way they treat women and what they teach others about women not only offends women, but offends God who made women in his image the same as he made man. What is this divorce, this fraud you ask me about, Jesus puts to them? Look how offensive is your treatment of women, your wives, your partners. For all sorts of reasons, if your wife displeases you, maybe she overcooked the lamb. You simply hand her a certificate of dismissal, put her out on the street with nothing and with nowhere to go. That's the divorce you're asking me about. And you could hardly care less. As you see it as a man, you are within your rights. Well, what about the woman's rights? You treat her as if she were your property. She's not your property. And, and, and look at how you corrupt the commandments of God. Look at how you word the divine command not to covet your neighbor's property. You list wives with the ox and the ass. How do you word the commandment? You shall not covet your neighbor's wife or his house or his field or male or female slave or his ox or his ass or anything else that belongs to your neighbor. Belongs to your neighbor? Belongs to your neighbor? Your neighbor's wife does not belong to him and your wife does not belong to you. Go back to the Bible and get it right. Your wives, women, are made in the image of God, equal partners in your lives and in the world. Shocking ideas. Indeed, revolutionary ideas. Those Pharisees must have been very sorry that they ever asked Jesus a question. Though if they had been really paying attention, to Jesus' words and example, they might have suspected how he might answer their question. But there's another shocker, another shocker. From the earliest days, the church did not embrace Jesus' words and example. In fact, the church missed the meaning of that story from the gospel according to Mark and interpreted it as if it were only about marriage and divorce. The sad and tragic fact of history is that the church itself became an agent of continuing discrimination against women. Over the years, there were exceptions, brilliant exceptions. But for the most part, Christian leaders and writers treated women as second-class citizen human beings second-class citizens in society, and second-class citizens in the kingdom of God. Would you believe we have to confess that in the earliest days of the church, there were church leaders and writers who actually argued whether women even had souls, and so whether women were fully human. What could be more sad and more tragic than discrimination against women. To put it in common language, among the deliberately blind and foolish and hurtful things the world and the church have ever done, discrimination against women is surely the most blind, the most foolish, and the most hurtful of all. I'll repeat that. 
among the deliberately blind and foolish and hurtful things the world and the church have ever done. Discrimination against women is the most blind and the most foolish and the most hurtful. Think of it. Think of all the talent, the skill, the opportunities, the possibilities, the joy, the happiness that the church and the world have been deprived of and continue to be deprived of because of such blindness and downright deliberate stupidity. Stupidity. We can thank God that in the world, in society, and in the church, there has been some revolutionary progress, but we still have a long way to go, particularly in some cultures in our world, but even in the church, Jesus' revolution for women is ongoing. Let me leave you with a story. In 2006, the Episcopal Church, for the first time, elected a woman, Bishop Catherine Shorey, as presiding bishop of the church. The church in the United States celebrated for the first time the election of a woman to lead the Episcopal Church. But there were a few bishops who did not celebrate. They were not happy at all about a woman in such a position. It happened that after the council at which the election took place, some of these bishops decided to relax, console themselves, so they decided to go fishing on a nearby lake. The presiding bishop, Bishop Catherine, overheard what they were going to do, and she asked to go with them. She figured it would be a good way to get in touch with their feelings. The bishops could hardly refuse, so they rented a boat, spent a couple of hours fishing on the lake, and the fishing was very good. But Bishop Catherine finally had to tell them she had to get back because she had some important appointments. The fishing was too good. The bishops did not want to end their afternoon. They refused. They refused to return to shore. Bishop Catherine pressed them a bit, but she was concerned about ruining the good feelings that had developed among them, so she didn't press them further she decided what to do. She just stepped out of the boat onto the surface of the lake, walked across the water to the shore. The bishops watched her as she walked across the water to the shore, and they remarked to each other, hmm, see that? We elected a woman as chief bishop, and she can't even swim. A National Women's Day, International Women's Day, March 8th, was Wednesday this past week. Its theme for 2023 is Embrace Equity. Let our hope and our prayer and our lives show forth the words and example of Jesus the Christ, so that the church in all its parts and the world in all its cultures listen to and follow his revolutionary words and example about women. So that each and every one of us, women and men, 
girls and boys may live and serve freely together before God in whose image we are all equally made. Amen and amen. amen. Please stand and join me in affirming our faith with the words of the Nicene Creed. We believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all that is seen and unseen. We believe in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten not made, of one being with the Father. Through him all things were made. For us and for our salvation, he came down from heaven. By the power of the Holy Spirit, he became incarnate from the Virgin Mary and was made man. For our sake, he was crucified under Pontius Pilate. He suffered death and was buried. On the third day, again, in accordance with the scriptures, he ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son. With the Father and the Son, he is worshiped and glorified. He has spoken through the prophets. We believe in one holy Catholic and apostolic church. We acknowledge one baptism for the forgiveness of sins, we look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. Let us pray for the whole state of Christ's church and the world. Almighty and ever-living God, who in thy holy word has taught us to make prayers and supplications and to give thanks for all men, receive these our prayers which we offer unto thy divine majesty, beseeching thee to inspire continually the universal church with the spirit of truth, unity, and concord. And grant that all those who do confess thy holy name may agree in the truth of thy holy word and live in unity and godly love. Give grace, O heavenly Father, to all bishops and other ministers especially Michael, our presiding bishop, Nicholas, our bishop, and Craig, our rector, that they may, both by their life and doctrine, set forth thy truth and lively word and rightly and duly administer thy holy sacraments. And to all thy people, give thy heavenly grace and especially to this congregation here present, that with meek heart and due reverence, they may hear and receive thy holy word, truly serving thee in holiness and righteousness all the days of their life. We beseech thee also so to rule the hearts of those who bear the authority of government in this and every land, especially Joseph, our president, and Daniel, our governor, that they may be led to wise decisions and right actions for the welfare and peace of the world. Open, O Lord, the eyes of all people to behold thy gracious hand in all thy works, 
that rejoicing in thy whole creation, they may honor thee with their substance and be faithful stewards of thy bounty. And we most humbly beseech thee of thy goodness, O Lord, to comfort and succor all those who, in this transitory life, are in trouble, sorrow, need, sickness, or any other adversity. In our parish cycle of prayer, we pray for Norma Valanis, Brant, Stephanie, Jackson, and Joel White, and Jay, Billy Joe, and Lee Wilbur. In our diocesan cycle of prayer, we pray for the Episcopal Church women. And we also bless this holy name for all thy servants departed this life in thy faith and fear, beseeching thee to grant them continual growth in thy love and service, and to grant us grace so to follow the good examples of the Blessed Virgin Mary, Blessed Peter, our patron, and of all thy saints, that with them we may be partakers of thy heavenly kingdom. Grant these our prayers, O Father, for Jesus Christ's sake, and our only mediator and advocate. Amen. Amen. And in honor of Women's Day this week, we pray, Almighty God, who made women and men in your image, we lift our hands up high in praise and worship. We give you thanks for the women in our lives and communities. We lift our hands up high to show that we are committed to seeing a gender equal world. We thank you for women who have led the way when the path was uncertain. We give thanks for the women who inspire and lead Help us to celebrate women, give us wisdom to see bias, and give us the voice and heart to speak up against it. Equip us to take action to seek equality and boldness, to challenge where needed. We are all one in Christ Jesus. We lift our hands up high in praise and worship. Amen. The peace of the Lord be always with you and with thy spirit. Let us greet one another with a sign of Christ's love for you, for us. Peace. Peace be with you. Peace be with you. Good morning, everybody. Good morning, everybody. The senior warden. This afternoon, Musica Adolce, Spring Concert, Piano and Strings, Mozart, Finzi, and I don't know the last one, but suffice to say it's at 2 o'clock. If you don't even like classical music, I'll say this. Listening to music in this space really is transformative. It's unbelievable. The acoustics in this church space, really, it, just to listen to it here, is probably to give it another chance at that. And these people 
people are really dedicated to it, and it's a beautiful thing to go for that. Uh, the Rhode Island Blood Center, there is a blood drive for Rob Monnes and Leo Carroll, Wednesday, March 22nd, at Christ the King Parish Hall. Uh, giving blood is not as complicated as you think, and once you get on their radar, they do not let you go away. It is, you, it's wonderful, but it's also, you never have to worry about forgetting when you need to donate blood, because they remind you, and it's, it's good, good for the soul. Uh, also, Susan Pines is updating the parish directory, and she hasn't taken your picture and started to get some information. Um, get in touch with her. I also would like to thank Father Rufino for that great homily. Um, I know my life has gotten a lot better when I do whatever my wife tells me to do. <laughs> and with that, thank you. Oh, one last thing. Preschool Open Enrollment has started. The St. Peter's Preschool is a very long-running ministry. It is an incredible school. And if we hope, we got John in the back. And on that note, walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself for us an offering and sacrifice to God.
of your hearts. We live them up unto the Lord. Let us give thanks unto our Lord God. It is meet and right so to do. It is very meet, right, and abound and duty that we should at all times and in all places give thanks unto thee, O Lord, Holy Father, Almighty, everlasting God, through Jesus Christ our Lord, who was in every way tempted as we are, yet did not sin, by whose grace we are able to triumph over every evil and to live no longer unto ourselves, but unto him who died for us and rose again. Therefore, with angels and archangels, and with all the company of heaven, we laud and magnify the high glorious name, evermore praising thee and saying, to thee, almighty God, our heavenly Father, for that thou of thy tender mercy didst give thine only Son, Jesus Christ, to suffer death upon the cross for our redemption, who made there by his one oblation of himself once offered a full, perfect, and sufficient sacrifice, oblation, and satisfaction for the sins of the whole world and did institute, and in his holy gospel command us to continue a perpetual memory of that his precious death and sacrifice until his coming again. For in the night in which he was betrayed, he took bread, and when he had given thanks, he brake it, and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take, eat, this is my body which is given for you. Do this for the remembrance of me. After supper, he took the cup, 
And when he'd given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink ye all of this, for this is my blood of the New Testament, which is shed for you and for many for the remission of sins. Do this as oft as ye shall drink it in remembrance of me. Wherefore, O Lord and Heavenly Father, according to the institution of thy dearly beloved Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ, we, thy humble servants, do celebrate and make here before thy divine majesty with these thy holy gifts, which we now offer unto thee, the memorial thy Son hath commanded us to make, having in remembrance his blessed passion and precious death his mighty resurrection and glorious ascension, rendering unto thee most hearty thanks for the innumerable benefits procured unto us by the same. And we most humbly beseech thee, O merciful Father, to hear us, and of thy almighty goodness vouchsafe to bless and sanctify with thy word and Holy Spirit these thy gifts and creatures of bread and wine, that we, receiving them according to thy Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ's holy institution, in remembrance of his death and passion, may be partakers of his most blessed body and blood. And we earnestly desire thy fatherly goodness, mercifully to accept this, our sacrifice of praise and thanksgiving, most humbly beseeching thee to grant that by the merits and death of thy Son, Jesus Christ, and through faith in his blood, we and all thy whole church may obtain remission of our sins and all other benefits of his passion. And here we offer and present unto thee, O Lord, ourselves, our souls, and bodies, to be a reasonable, holy, and living sacrifice unto thee, humbly beseeching thee that we and all others who shall be partakers of this holy communion may worthily receive the most precious body and blood of thy Son, Jesus Christ, be filled with thy grace and heavenly benediction, and made one body with him, that he may dwell in us and we in him. And although we are unworthy through our manifold sins to offer unto thee any sacrifice, yet we beseech thee, to accept this our bound in duty and service, not weighing our merits, but pardoning our offenses through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. By whom and with whom, in the unity of the Holy Ghost, all honor and glory be unto thee, O Father Almighty, world without end. <laughs> As our Savior Christ hath taught us, we are bold to say, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. 
Christ, our Passover, is sacrificed for us. presume to come to this thy table, O merciful Lord, trusting in our own righteousness, but in thy manifold and great mercies. We are not worthy so much as to gather up the crumbs under thy table, but thou art the same Lord, whose property is always to have mercy. Grant us, therefore, gracious Lord, so to eat the flesh of thy dear Son, Jesus Christ, and to drink his blood, that we may evermore dwell in him and he in us. The gifts of God for the people of God. Take them in remembrance that Christ died for you and feed on him in your hearts by faith with thanksgiving.
Let us pray. Almighty and ever-living God, we most heartily thank thee for that thou dost feed us in these holy mysteries with the spiritual food of the most precious body and blood of thy Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ, and dost assure us thereby of thy favor and goodness towards us, and that we are very members and corporate in the mystical body of thy Son, the blessed company of all faithful people, and are also heirs through hope of thy everlasting kingdom. And we humbly beseech thee, O Heavenly Father, so to assist us with thy grace, that we may continue in that holy fellowship and do all such good works as thou hast prepared for us to walk in, through Jesus Christ our Lord, to whom with thee and the Holy Ghost be all honor and glory, world without end. Amen. Bow down before the Lord. Look mercifully on this your family, Almighty God, that by your great goodness they may be governed and preserved evermore. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. Please stand and join in singing hymn 522.
forth in the name of Christ. Thanks be to God. Thank you.